Hi, I'm Veronica, and I'll be your sleep guide tonight. Let's begin by taking a deep breath, and then another. As we breathe, we're going to begin to quiet our minds, thinking only with anticipation about the stories we're about to hear. As you breathe, relax your hands and your feet. Then move that relaxing feeling to your legs and your arms. Release any tension that you have in your limbs. And lastly, let's let our torso sink deep into our mattress. One more breath and we're ready to begin. My new apartment. My name is Nicholas Abernathy. My friends call me Nick. I am 32 years old with a very, very, very sound mind. I am not crazy. Although crazy people don't know they're crazy, I'm 99% sure I am not. About a year ago, I lived at 253 Dead Man's Lane in a small town in Delaware. I can't remember the name, but that is where the story takes place. There's a reason they call it Dead Men's Lane. I know that now. I don't live there anymore. I now reside at an undisclosed location due to the events that occurred at my previous residence. I don't want them to know where I am. I hope you understand. The town was a very small town, a one stoplight town. One so small that if you blink while driving through, you'll miss the entire thing, which was perfect for me. It was a welcomed escape from the hustle and bustle of city life, which was slowly draining me to the point of exhaustion. So when my boss at the time came to me and said that our company was downsizing and that I would be let go, I gladly took the severance package and moved on with my life. I grew up in a small town so I was familiar with the quiet simplicity that it offered, and I longed to go back there again. So while sitting in my big city apartment, I grabbed my laptop and started to search small town living, houses for sale, and things of that sort. I came upon an old Victorian house built in 1859. It was beautiful. Dark blue, dark gray trim, two floors, balcony, front porch, and a very small room at the top of the house with an octagon-shaped window in it. For some unknown reason, I've always wanted to live in such a house. So this was like a dream come true. The price wasn't bad. Actually, it was pretty good. Low, some might say. So I called the number displayed in the ad and made arrangements with the older gentleman on the other end to come view the house three days later. Upon arriving at the house, it looked like the picture in the ad except there was one small detail the ad did not say. The house was in the middle of a giant dirt field all by itself. No trees or shrubbery around, just a dirt field. That time of year, some farmers should have had corn or something growing in a field that big, but there was nothing. This struck me as kind of odd. The only thing besides the house in the field was one electric pole with wires running from it to the house and a transformer on top. The driveway was at least a quarter mile long 
with other little roads branching off of it, going to certain parts of the field, then connecting back to the main driveway. One road wrapped around the entire house. It seemed like forever to get there. Once there, I met an old man who said his name was Bernie or Benny or something with a B. I can't really remember. He said that he was the owner of the house and that I could feel free to look around if I wanted. I asked if he was coming in and his, his face turned pale as he said, no, I'll stay right here, thank you. Looking back now, that should have been a red flag. An owner that wouldn't go into his own house, red flag alert, but I was naive, blowing it off and entered the house alone. I expected it to be a little run down and dirty given the dirt fill that surrounded it, but to my surprise, it was immaculately clean, completely furnished and looking like something straight out of a magazine. I went through each room in total awe of its beauty. Each room except the little room with the octagon window. I couldn't find a door or staircase leading to it. This too, I found a little odd. And the basement. I've never been a big fan of basements, so I figured I'll go check it out at some point. What's the big deal? It's a basement. I met up with the old man outside and we discussed and agreed on a price. He informed me that everything in the house was included in the deal under one condition. No furniture could be removed from the home or moved to any other part of the home. Everything must stay exactly where it is. You may use any of the appliances, books, and things of that sort, but they must be returned exactly where they are now. You may add to it, but nothing can be removed. Given that all the furniture and such was from the Victorian era, I thought, why get rid of it and agree to this condition, an agreement I would later regret. I'm going to skip the part about going to the bank and financing and all that crap. No one really cares about that anyway. Moving in day was exciting for me. I finally got the house of my dreams. I just started a new job. I'm back to the quiet life. I left all my furniture and stuff in my old apartment, only packing my clothes and toiletries. I figured maybe the next guy or girl could use some of it. Anyway, I met the old man at the house. I'm just going to call him Mr. B since I can't seem to remember his name. I later found out that Mr. B lived just two blocks away with his wife of 43 years, Isabella. I never got the chance to meet Isabella, though I wish I had. He was old steel mill worker. You could tell from his physique. He may have been old, but the man had muscle. He had bought the house some 30 years back with the same conditions that he had told me. He never lived in the place said it troubled his wife immensely from the first day she saw it. He tried to sell it many times before, but the deals always fell through for some reason. Until then. Mr. B handed me the keys, and as he did, he grabbed a hold of my hand hard and pulled me to him and whispered something in my right ear. He whispered, beware of the rain. There's a reason he said that to me, I know now. He then hung his head and slowly walked away. How he knew, I don't know, but he did. My first couple of weeks in my new house were rather uneventful. The weather was nice with a slight breeze. Even opened a couple of windows upstairs to get some airflow in there. 
I had asked Mr. B about opening the windows and he said it was fine since they were part of the house, not possessions within the house. So I left them open for a few days. On my first night, since the place was fully furnished, I hung up my clothes, which took all of 20 minutes. I put my shampoos and such in the master bathroom, which is almost as big as my bedroom. I then went to the local grocery store for some food and drinks. I can't remember the name, it's not really important. I spent the rest of the time checking out each room one by one and seeing everything the house had to offer. About a week or so later, I finally found that door that led to the little room with the octagon window. It was a secret door panel hidden in the closet of the room that I decided to make my bedroom. For some unknown strange reason, something told me to push on the back of the closet, and I did. The door swung open, revealing a spiral black metal staircase that led to said room. It was very small, about the size of a walk-in closet by today's standards. In the room was a very old desk positioned just under the octagon window and a stand-up lamp to its left. Old wood planks for walls as well as the ceiling and the floor was what looked to be brand new hardwood. So I decided to make it my office, the place I could do my writing. Since I had a great view of the dirt filled out the window, what better place to draw inspiration from? That's a joke, by the way. The rest of the house consisted of five bedrooms, a huge kitchen, a parlor, a living area, three full bathrooms, a study, and a basement. Oh, that basement. I decided to check it out one night. I was bored and needed something to do. That was a bad idea. The basement was kind of creepy. I'm lying. It was really creepy. The door to the basement had little holes all along the edges, top, bottom, and right side of the door, like so when it knelled it shut at one point. The stairs leading down to the basement were old and rickety and would probably fall apart at any given moment. Unlike the rest of the house that was immaculately clean, like I noted in the previous passages, the basement was not. There was dust and dirt and cobwebs everywhere. It had a strange odor. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I know now. Along the far wall, there was a series of five file cabinets covered in dust. Over to the right, it looked like two metal surgical tables covered with white sheets. In the middle of those tables, there was a small stand with a large glass container with tubes running out of it, some kind of pump machine beside it. All kinds of knives, gloves, and masks were scattered over the floor. It looked like no one had been down there for ages. I ran up the stairs as quickly as I could, shut the basement door, and never went down there again. What was that place? About a month or so went by. All this time I couldn't get what Mr. B whispered to me that day. I moved out of my head. So every morning while drinking my coffee, I really miss coffee. Anyway, I would check the weather app on my phone to see the conditions for that day. On that day, it was going to be partly cloudy with a 60% chance of rain. Okay, maybe now we'll see what there is to be afraid of. Just like the app said, it started to rain about 4 p.m. It didn't last long, but that's how it all started. I was in my office and the rain started to fall. Almost as soon as it did, I started to hear music. Not today's music, but orchestral music, big band music. 
I didn't have a radio up there. I'm in the middle of a field, so it couldn't be a car. I started to get concerned. Where was it coming from? I walked down the spiral staircase to my room, still hearing it play. I walked into the hallway, into the room across from mine. As soon as I put my hand on the doorknob, it stopped. And the rain did too. That was weird, I thought. It must have been my imagination. The rain hitting the gutters, somehow making the acoustic sounds of the music in the house. Something. There had to be a reason. After a while, I stopped thinking about it and went on with my night. A few days later, I ran into Mr. B at the hardware store. I told him about what happened and he didn't seem surprised. He just said, I tried to tell you and left. The day that changed my life forever happened about two weeks later. I was at work. I had taken an assistant manager position at a local department store. The pay wasn't as good as my previous job, but it wasn't as stressful either. During my shift, this guy came up to me out of nowhere and said, you own the old Bennett place out on Dead Man's Lane, don't you? I was reluctant to answer, but I finally said, yes, yes I do. He was a big guy, biker type, 50-ish with long gray hair and tats. He said, you're braver than I am. I wouldn't go near that place. Hope you found Jesus. You're going to need him. The ride home that day was unsettling. Everything that had happened was starting to get to me. I was nervous, nervous to go home. After what this guy said, what Mr. B said, and the music thing, that weird basement, I was on edge. On edge so much that when I walked through the door, instead of placing my keys on the shelf by the door, I tossed my keys hitting a small ceramic ballerina off the shelf and breaking it. Oh crap, I said loudly. Something has not only been moved, but broken. There was no way to put it back. Then I heard it. A slow growling sound like a wild animal came from the basement door, then from the kitchen, then from upstairs, then from everywhere. I couldn't take it anymore. I grabbed my head and fell to my knees, falling over into the fetal position. I started screaming, stop, stop. I'm sorry, please stop. It didn't stop. It got louder and louder. From the floor, I could see the basement door open quickly then slam shut. All the doors were doing it now, except the front door that remained closed. I felt a very cold breeze go right through my body. Every light in the house was turning on and off and on and off. I managed to get to my feet. Running down the hallway toward the kitchen, the main floor bathroom door flung open, hitting me hard and knocking me backwards down the hallway. I lost my footing and fell to the floor. I must have hit my head because the next thing I remember was waking up on the floor, hearing the sound of the doorbell buzzing over and over again. All was silent and calm except for the buzzing. The buzzing soon turned to loud pounding upon the front door. I pulled myself together, standing to answer the door when I heard, Nick, Nick, I know you're in there. Nicholas, answer the dang door. I opened the door quickly, only to see Mr. B standing there, shaking and sweating, not nearly the composed man I knew. There was a really bad storm coming. We've got to get out of here. I can't with all good conscience let you stay here alone. We've got to go now. 
The storm clouds moved in fast at a speed I've never seen before. Thunder started to roar. I tried to explain to Mr. B that I broke a knickknack. In his panicked state, he said, that's the least of your worries. Let's go. The rain started falling hard. Lightning was crashing as the thunder roared on. That music started playing again, only this time Mr. B heard it as well. Then what happens next seemed like something out of a bad horror movie. The house seems to suck Mr. B into it, nearly knocking me down in the process and sliding him fast across the floor, slamming him into a table that laid across the adjacent wall breaking the leg of the table and forcing it to crash to the floor. Another thing broken. The front door slammed to the floor so hard that it broke the front two windows completely, allowing the rain to pour into the house. I quickly ran over to make sure Mr. B was okay. It's too late. We're never getting out of here now, Mr. B said angrily. The growling started again, only this time it seemed it was right in front of us. I felt a real bad burning on my left arm. Lifting my sleeve to see what it was, I saw three scratch marks with blood dripping from the third. Mr. B grabbed a hold of his neck after lifting his hand, and I noticed the same three scratches. Only this time, all of them were bleeding. Bleeding bad. The house is coming alive. Upstairs, we must get upstairs. A lightning bolt hit the electric pole outside, causing the house to go black. Now in total darkness, hearing that music, hearing that growling and both of us bleeding, I quickly pulled out my phone to turn on the light so we could at least see by that. Mr. B's phone was broken in the crash, turned on my light only to notice that the cellar door is slowly opening by itself and the growling getting louder, what appeared to be a black mass of dew pouring from the basement door and heading in our direction fast. I screamed, look out, and grabbed Mr. B by the arm, pulling him out of the way, barely escaping the goo. We frantically ran up the stairs. What should have been 20 to 25 steps seemed to take more like 30 or 40. This house is alive, Mr. B yelled. Finally reaching the top, I shined the light down the hallway of doors that was on the second floor. The hallway seemed longer than I remembered with extra doors that I never had seen before. The walls were expanding and contracting like the house was breathing. There was a red substance resembling blood, including, for all I know, oozing from the ceiling down the halls. My bedroom was at the end of the hallway. Mr. B and I made a run for the last door on the left, my bedroom. We ran and ran, and just as the goo was about to hit the floor, I arrived at my bedroom door, grabbing the knob and opening it quickly, looking back to hoping to see Mr. B right behind me. But unfortunately, he was not. Shining my light down the hallway, I could see that he was about a quarter of the way from the door, running as fast as he could, but getting nowhere. It was like he was running on the treadmill. The red substance oozed down onto the floor and quickly made a beeline for Mr. B. I screamed, give me your hand. I stretched my hand out as far as I could. Mr. B extended his, but it was too late. The red substance reached his shoe. 
Mr. B screamed in agony as the substance began to burn him. The smell of burning flesh filled the hallway. As more of the substance reached him, Mr. B ignited into flames. I can still hear his screams in my head. It only outlasted a few seconds and then it was gone, and so was my friend. Mr. B was gone. I quickly ran into my room. From out of the bedroom window, I could see what appeared to be flames. When the lightning hit the pole, it must have caused a transformer to catch fire, igniting the house as well. The outside of the house was burning, but not the inside, and the rain wasn't stopping it. What the hell is this place? Shining my light back into the room, I could see the shadows and the shape of people appearing in the walls, some short, some tall. Then the voices started. Woman, I'm so cold. Little girl, mommy, old man, help me. I quickly ran up to my office, the only place left to go. From out of the window, I could see the rain pouring down. Lightning bolts lighting up the skies. The voices continued. Down below, I could see the rain had fallen so hard and fast that it washed away all the dirt from the field, exposing skeletal remains all around the house. Then it hit me. Oh my God, this was not a house. It was an old funeral home built on cemetery grounds. They must have removed the headstones and left the bodies. That would explain everything. In shock, I stepped backwards, my head hitting the wall and sliding down into a sitting position. My phone had fallen to the floor. The light just so happened to be shining in the doorway to the room. I mumbled to myself, I didn't know, I didn't know. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see a black mass in the shape of a person crawling through the doorway and over to me. Shrieking a horrible sound, it reached his hand out as if to choke me. Totally exhausted, I put my hands over my eyes and screamed as the shadow engulfed the room. Somebody, somewhere, must have seen the flames and called the fire department. From speaking with my landlord and police officials, I gathered that when they found me, I was in the basement laying in one of the tables mumbling to myself. I don't recall any of that. Mr. B's body was never recovered. I had told this story to the police and some guy dressed like Judge Judy and they all looked at me like I was crazy. I am not crazy. I like my new apartment. It's kind of small, like a studio apartment. I got a bed and a dresser, a nightstand and a lamp. Best of all, the rent is free. I don't have to work anymore. My neighbors are nice, a little quirky if you ask me, but nice nonetheless. There's a TV that we share in the living room, a game room where we gather and play cards, ping pong, and games of that sort. I have my own bathroom, which is nice. Food is included. It's mostly just mush, but it's still food. Security here is tight. There are cameras everywhere and there are rules. If you break those rules, the landlord will move you into a much smaller apartment with no windows. But it gives you this cool jacket to wear that lets you hug yourself. I like that jacket. There are a bunch of nice ladies that come by every day to give us little white pieces of candy. Sometimes they're different colors, but mostly white. Sometimes they even come at night. Oh, I gotta go now. It's bedtime. I'm excited. Tomorrow we go outside. Good night.
the doll in the storage room. When I was younger, I'd go visit my grandparents all the time. They lived in a one-floor house with an unfinished basement. I never liked it down there. It felt small for a big basement. There was a little door down there that was for storage, but I always got a horrible feeling when getting close to it. And let me add, this was a newer house that was about six years old. Now, during that time, I was about six or seven. I felt so uncomfortable going down there, even though I was with somebody. I remember going there with my grandma to help with something. She had to run upstairs because someone rang the doorbell and she said she'd be right back, even though she knew how I felt about being down there alone. I nodded and said, okay. She was gone and I was alone and I was starting to get a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. I didn't move. I didn't even want to. Even though the lights were on, this is where everything started happening and it gives me chills. The lights started to flicker and I started to hear noises and what sounded like talking. It was not coming from upstairs, but the storage room. I heard someone say my name. Here's the part that freaks me out the most. The voice sounded like my grandma. I was confused. How am I hearing her when she's upstairs? I didn't want to move, but me being the curious one I am, started to moving towards the storage room door. The closer I got, the worse the bad feeling came. When I got to the door, the lights turned off in the basement. I wanted to run upstairs and hide, go home, somewhere that wasn't the basement. I heard my name again for the second time. My grandma's voice asking me to open the door to help her. So I did, and I regret it. I couldn't see anything. It was pitch black. I couldn't hear anything but faint laughing, and it felt like forever, but then the laughing stopped. The lights turned back on in the basement, and I felt a little bit better. The downside was I could see the little storage room. I saw a small clown doll in the corner and my grandma hates clowns with a passion. So why was this clown doll down there? I have no idea. Then the lights turned on and I saw red that looked like blood all over the place. I screamed and blacked out and the next thing I knew I was laying on the couch. My grandma looking at me asking if I was okay. I have no idea if that was real or a dream, but it sure felt real. Burglary Horror Story. I live in a fairly secure area and have two dogs. One is a large Doberman, the other is a poodle. I was home alone as my parents were out for the weekend. Our dogs bark a lot as they're very protective and the neighbors hate it when the dogs bark. I'd often get notes telling us to make the dogs be quiet. One of the more threatening ones was that he would hurt the dog if he wouldn't be quiet. So my parents had them taken to a dog kennel to avoid any complications. I was home alone playing video games and watching movies for the weekend. It was the night after they left and I was playing a video game that I think was Rainbow Six Siege. I was playing with a few of my friends and I had a microphone on and I was playing with the window open. My friends kept telling me to stop making a squeaky sound. I questioned what he meant and they said that there was a loud banging. I removed my headphones and that's when I heard it, the sound of something slamming into the gate. I peered out and it was a tall, stocky man with a black hood on, looking down, slamming his body into the fence as the fence was weak. 
The wood was splitting. I decided to call the police and my parents, but decided to stay near the window. I was still watching the man. As I was talking to the 911 operator, the operator told me to lock myself in a room, get out of sight, and that a police officer was on the way. But curiosity got the better of me, and I decided to keep watching him until he finally broke the wooden gate off its hinges. He didn't enter, and he strapped something around his shoulder. Upon further inspection, only from the moonlight, I saw it was a hunting rifle strapped to his back. That's when I went and hid underneath the bed and listened out for anything until a loud shatter broke the silence. It was the back door, smashing, followed by footsteps entering the house. The intruder sounded like he was searching for something. He was creeping up the stairs until the sound of the police sirens flooded my ears. I made the stupid decision of bolting and trying to escape the house. I started to get to the stairs and turn the corner and was greeted by a large man following the description of the man trying to break in. He gripped his neck and the police sirens got louder. They were knocking on the door. He was quickly losing his breath from the man strangling him, the cloth covering his face slipping down to reveal my neighbor. I was nearly out of breath. He let me go, gripped his rifle, aimed it at me and pulled the trigger, but it didn't fire. He had left the safety on. The police kicked the door down and tased the man. He was found and charged with breaking and entering, carrying an unlicensed firearm. I'm thankful that the safety was on. This could have ended very badly. I later went to my Xbox and told my friends what happened. Thank you for joining me tonight. I hope you all are fast asleep. <laughs>